Welcome to Land Cruises, our weekly guide to the inner workings of the Roy family. I am your co-host, Mr. Snippy Snip, and joining me, we're two young Turks who might just have what it takes to turn things around. It's Arturo Zurita. How y'all doing, suck fans out there? Uh, I was <laughs> going to get the Succession merch. I don't know if you saw the drop that they had. People claim mm. Frank Ocean had, like, the better version of it, but they came out with a slew of, like, the jackets and the mugs and everything. I went for a different mug this time around. So, uh, from a movie, probably the amount <laughs> that's got the runtime of uh, of what the series is. But I am excited to talk about what I have said is going to be a better and better and better version of this series. Uh, I-, I hope that Kendall is selling better merch than this. Because the jacket <laughs> he wore in this episode was better than the entire lineup they have here. Yeah, I love that flight jacket. I would, I would pay. I don't know if I'd pay as much as Kendall clean. probably paid for it, but I'd, I'd pay for a merch version of that. Any of the merch uh, did yeah, stick out to you? I'm just taking a yeah, look at the the website right now. You know, I like me my my little uh, not really a sweater vest, but you know the vest that you just put yeah, on top. Uh, right I always mess with those. Yeah, right there. Look a little bit like Logan. Uh, one of the mugs was pretty cool. I think you'd like the slogan they have. We here for you mug was kind of <laughs> dope. I think that'd be a good one to have. That's um, awesome. They have, a, they have a variety of different ones, but again, they need to hire someone from A24 to do their merch over there because they need to know how to push product and Succession is a show that should be selling out of their merch, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe it be, because A24 has good design, but I'm glad that these prices aren't exactly A24 prices on the... Uh, Official that, merch, because that... Tell me about although, it. I just got this little Marshall. It's way too expensive. <laughs> but at least it's cool. Uh, at least it is cool. All right. So as you were saying, we are back for another week of Succession recaps as the show moves into its back half of the final season. A lot going on on this week's episode. Uh, I think let's break this down a bit char- character by character and start with the unexpected appearance from the big guy right at the top uh, with Logan on green screen recording a promo for Living Plus. Uh, what were you thinking when the episode started and we got to see Brian Cox again? Jump scare. A little jump scare there, but I was excited. <laughs> Back from the dead. I thought they I thought they were sneaky with it and it was going to be a flashback. Uh, I thought they used it pretty well. Having it be, uh, what, technically B-roll from a recording that they would then yeah. manipulate to a degree that I thought was an interesting conversation to have. Especially considering what uh, WB has in the horizon. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about how they paid Cox to for for the whole series, even though his character died in episode three, and how they even sort of tried to fool people by having him continue to show up and writing fake scenes and stuff like that, as we've seen uh, some shows cool. do. But I think we speculated that we would get a little bit more of Logan at some point. I thought it was weird, though, because Succession's never been a show that does flashbacks like that. It would It would be out of character for the show to suddenly have one. So like Mm -hmm. you're saying, I think they found a really interesting way to sort of have a flashback or, or maybe not exactly uh, without making it be uh, something that breaks how the show is typically structured. Um, I agree. But yeah, this episode, yeah, this episode really centered the three siblings as they've all sort of grown into the leads of the show, not just Kendall. Uh, We talked about, Kieran Culkin switching his Emmys category to being lead. I found out later that 
Uh, Sarah Snook also switched her category from supporting to lead for her performance as Shiv. So now it, it really is the three of them uh, holding things down. Uh, but Kendall is the one who, who starts things off. <laughs> he, he has the quote, I've been through the material and I have a pitch. Unbelievable growth. He looked like he was setting himself up for another big emotional crash in prepping for the product launch of Living Plus. He started rambling to anyone who would listen in just sort of like empty corporate babble. And he started putting pressure on company accountants to make the numbers that he came up with his head in his head a reality. Sure. Uh, the whole plan here is that Matson is trying to buy Waystar Royco at the price of one ninety two per stock, which is, uh, as we were talking about last week, five dollars more than what the stock price of the company is currently evaluated at. So. Kendall and Roman come up with a, a foolproof plan. Just grow the company an unbelievable amount in a short period of time so that he can no longer afford to buy them. Um, it feels like things are all going to sort of come crashing down to reality when he starts to cry over fake clouds that weren't quite how he envisioned them. Uh, but just before things go horribly wrong, Kendall gets up on stage and, does a pretty good job, actually. Uh, he even handles the so? anti-Semitic. He handles the anti-Semitic tweet from Matson. Well, were you surprised that Kendall landed on his feet? I don't think he landed on his feet. No, I think I, I think if his whole team doesn't like it, and his funder doesn't like it, and everyone's asking him questions, I think it could be a rocky road, in my opinion. Yeah, I took it to be that like it was sort of a rocky start that he somehow steered through. And it's not like a resounding success. It's not like Kendall is uh -huh. the new champion of the Roy family. But I, I took it that he did like an OK job, especially like that that moment with the, the anti-Semitic tweet that Matson uh -huh. ends up deleting. Like he kind of handled it as well as, as one one could, you know, uh, possible, Hugo, yeah. of course, Hugo, of course. Uh, gives him the warm applause after he comes out off of stage. But, you know, the they were saying in the room afterward that um, the response w was pretty good uh, from from people. So I don't know, like it's definitely not a, a astounding success, but I think th what was interesting about this week's episode to me is they set you up for that uh, Kendall crash, right? The episode that it reminded me of the most was too much birthday, which is also directed by Lauren Scafaria, who did this week's episode, the woman who's directed hustlers in the past. And in too much birthday, he really does kind of like have a big emotional fallout at the end. But this one, he's sort of like, it wasn't quite as bad. And then we get that interesting moment with the, with the ending of the episode where he goes into the ocean, you know, water has been this really integral part of Kendall's character on succession. Obviously uh, season one ended with the car crash ep uh, episode where he gets into an accident with the waiter and uh, he emerges from the water having, you know, partially helped kill somebody. Um, but it, you know, later he has that moment in season three, uh, the penultimate episode of season three, when he, uh, uh, ha drinks too much and ends up sort of passing out in the pool. And we all thought he might've died. So the recurring theme of bringing Kendall to the water 
I found to be pretty fascinating, especially in this moment where he maybe kind of like dodges the waves a little bit and comes out floating, both literally and metaphorically. You see that? I, to me, it was like it's a reoccurring theme. If he's going to the waters because he needs to get baptized for the mistakes that he made, in my right. opinion, I feel like he's just he's barely getting by. Is actually his brother, who I was very impressed with this episode. Not as a win, but the balls this man grew. It was like he he got notified that he is now in a different category for acting, and I thought he did the best part. I will conjoin him on how those two brothers, to a degree, are kind of going in different directions. And I don't think any of them are going to pay out at the end, but uh, he was my standout this episode. Yeah, I mean, it was an extremely good Kieran Culkin episode, adding to his resume for the Emmys for sure. Although I, I might be a little bit different splitting with you on how Roman handled this week's episode, uh, this week's episode of Succession, because he went on a bit of a firing spree. Uh, first, he was in charge of uh, talking to the studio head and as they put it, trying to get the uh, pump machine, pump, pump, pumping, get get more of that content out there, milk the franchise for all it's worth. Uh, but when he gets, sits down to meet with Joy at the in in the uh, in that private restaurant that they had, uh, she's not exactly like kissing the ring. I think he expected maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more deference in that meeting, and yeah. joking about firing her very quickly turns into firing her. Then he comes back to uh, Waystar Royco and fires Jerry right after that. What what stuck? What impressed you about uh, Roman's performance on this episode? He's never been willing to take that extra step. Not that he has to be right, right? Kendall's never mm -hmm. been right. He hasn't really changed. He finally started speaking to people in a way that he hasn't spoken to anybody in the past. Not just with this lady right here, but in particular with Jerry. Jerry's where it really cemented it to me because that's someone from his past. That's someone who he feels hasn't respected him. And to be able to stand up to her, I thought that whole exchange between him and Jerry, Jerry kind of setting him in his place, reminding him that he is not as good as his father, but him reminding her, that's crazy. My father, though, who you claim is so good, wanted to fire you. So maybe he was right. I thought that power play finally had Roman cooking. I don't think it's going to yeah, end I up great. <laughs> The fact that his brother agrees with him and he's like, I just yeah. like it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you I thought the don't most, want Kendall uh, agreeing with your idea. Yeah. I thought the most interesting li line Roman had in that whole exchange was, I need you to believe that I'm as good as my dad. Can you do that? And and her response of say it or believe it, <laughs> just very yes. telling as as well. Uh, but yeah, like he's, he's trying to like assume the role of his father and people who want to question his legitimacy or question his father's legitimacy in, in some scenarios just end up being met with his wrath. I thought it was interesting how, you know, the thing that really felt like it set Roman over the top in his meeting with Joy, the uh, studio executive, was when she actually comes to him asking something. She sort of asks that the family or the company distance itself from Jared Mencken, who's one of the candidates right, running for president as in the world of succession and in the world of the show. He espouses a lot of like far-right political views, and the, the studio head talks about how celebrities don't want to work on, with the studio because of their relationship to ATN. Um, but in a way, all of that is questioning his father, not really Roman, right? His father was the one who built that company so that she would like – 
disparage that kind of sets him off. Which has been his blind spot. Yeah. That's also not good to react like a like a like a puppy. When he's goes at he's, your owner. he's having a bit of an issue with impulse control on this season with mm-hmm. whether it's the Matson conversation, the conversation with Joy, or then the conversation with Jerry too, where just because she doesn't like go along with him completely, he's not really willing to to give her any leeway and then yeah there is that element of he's carrying out his father's wishes and firing her too but it really really feels like he's doing it just kind of in like a oh you know screw me well screw you too kind of way well yeah because he asked jerry can you pretend for me and then when his brother wants his dumb clouds they're dumb he doesn't give it to him right before he goes up you had all of these days to tell him hey this isn't going to work but you like again he's wrong but you ruin his confidence right before he goes on while you were just asking somebody else hey you're on the payroll give me that fake Mm -hmm. confidence yeah so it's that impulse control that isn't there speaking of impulses do you think they've had the shiv godmother in the books for that long or are they just (laughs) that good at just coming up with a new one i i think that well i think have they mentioned that before i feel like it's been mentioned before I don't know. I don't know. Because I feel like earlier in Connor's wedding, we had a big one, right? Yeah. Oh, Connor and the cake. Okay, that's a massive one. Here's another one where they just like slickly just go, hey, you guys want some development for two <laughs> two people's relationships that are very yeah. important for the show? Also, what does it say about Logan that two of his children's godparents are just senior executives on his board? Because Kendall's godfather is Frank, right? Mm-hmm. I will say out of, <laughs> out of uh, Jerry... Out of Frank, someone needs to put that man Carl in his place. That's all I'm going to say. And another reason why your boy did not win. You cannot have Carl talk to you like that and think that you got a plus one. I mean, Carl's the CFO. He's got his reasons for not wanting Kendall to just, like, go out there and talk whatever he's going to talk. I I thought it was a good moment for Carl finally kind of uh, not seeming like the pushover in the room. You know, Kendall may have his dick in his hand, but he's got Kendall's as well. (laughs) If that's one for Carl, it's one away from from your boy, Ken. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a good moment for Carl, too, but Kendall still gets his double revenue number in there so he's not completely uh sidelined by carl (laughs) we may have had the best moment from one of my least favorite characters (laughs) with this snippety snip that was greg coming through greg finally coming through the joy in his face to know that he actually was able to accomplish something that's what i thought was very interesting with this episode they may not be working the greatest but they're somehow getting the car to move the car may need some WD-40 because it's squeaking on the way, but hey, Roman finally sending up to people. Greg finally given a task and actually getting it done is pretty funny. Yeah. I just love that little moment where he's able to get the editor to horribly edit the thing and him just going, yeah, some really good editing there. Uh, I like how it was spliced. <laughs> <laughs> I had to run that one back. It was yeah. one of his best cutaways. A very, a very hilarious Greg episode. I also think it's very telling, like, a lot of shows have that moment where the character says, like, oh, we need to get something done. And it's very clear that it's, like, impossible and we're meant to think they're stupid. We're still meant to think that here on Succession. But in Succession, they still get it done because these people are rich and powerful enough that the people underneath them have to find a way. Like, yeah, those clouds weren't exactly what Kendall wanted. He still got clouds in a house in less than 24 hours. Yep. Yeah, like, the, the edit wasn't perfect. He still 
got him got to edit done. the the thing that he said was impossible to do. Super funny. I ran that back just to like hear it, and you could hear the like second track come in for the double, um, <laughs> the revenue. Yeah, A good bit. Uh, let's move on uh, from Shiv's Godfather to Shiv, who had herself an interesting episode as well, uh, playing with a couple of her boys. It, her first bit in this episode is having like a little plane rendezvous, private plane rendezvous with Matson, where she does a little bit of a power play and gets him to leave his plane and come on to hers. And she's definitely like, she's the most equipped to go back and forth in a conversation with him. She takes his barbs and doesn't take them personally and then has some slings of her own to throw. Uh, so she, as incompetent as she seemed through a lot of the internal family drama, the thing that I was sort of struck by Shiv in this episode is that she actually does okay for herself when she doesn't have to deal with, with her dad or with her brothers. No, I, I agree. We had talked about whether they were going to push it to the side and immediately they do. Uh, I thought it was interesting for the brothers to have a plan and then turn on that plan again. So he kind of left Roman to continue lying, even though he wasn't the one who wanted to lie, but he's keeping it up for his brother. I, again, I feel terrible for Roman out of the three for what he has to deal with. But yeah, they were going to push it to the side. Uh, and her realizing that, I think, pushes her more into understanding they're not going to have my back. Like, I don't know how many times you need to be uh, fooled. And I, I, I love how she was able to read them right off the bat. I know you guys are lying. Yeah. She brings up that one story about the what, the Range Rover or, or whatever car where they <laughs> dropped something. And I was like, that's that's what I love about Succession. That just, that, that writing, to not know all of the details, but to know enough to be like, yeah, of course, she would be the one person to know when her brothers are flaking on her. Right. We don't need the whole flashback to the scene when Kendall blamed Shiv for spilling ice cream in Daddy's Range Rover. We just need that one line reading from Sarah Snook and you get that whole history of their characters. And yeah, she mm -hmm. she's able to read them in that moment. They She knows that they're screwing up the thing that they had proposed. Uh, but, yeah. you know, Kendall, Kendall's got a plan and he really wants to execute, it seems like. Um, Scheduling grief is crazy, though. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever had to schedule your your grief, but uh, uh, that's a an interesting development for Shiv for sure. I, I've never got in a private room at, <laughs> at, at a company, that's for sure. But um, Shiv also got that private moment interrupted by Tom, and it started what was an interesting bit of development in and continued bit of development in their relationship, where at first it seems like she's sort of gonna cry in his arms and leads to them kissing and then ultimately sort of implied having sex. And it, it's kind of back on those crazy kids are working it out. Some, some weird way of, uh, you know, strategy is sexy to Tom. It's a, uh, it's interesting to see the ways in which Shiv through just sort of like badgering him and, and, and kind of mistreating him has molded him into a version of a man that she can be more interested in. One that is willing to kind of be a little bit more cynical with her to sit down and say that what he really loves is money and suits and all the things he has. I wonder, I wondered what you thought of that scene in particular, because that was one of the most interesting scenes uh, on this week's of succession. One, the fact that this is all stemming from the hit of last week. I can't wait to read the think pieces on that. 
But I love a messy relationship, something that isn't proper, something that isn't mm-hmm. right, and something that disgustingly enough attracts them more because they also have that biting game. He may have not come down on her in other ways, but he did definitely chomp down yeah. on her. Should we and just should we play bitey next played, time we see each other in person? We're not playing bitey, bro, but the way that he just kind of <laughs> held it back, her response though bit more. Finally, Tom made me feel something. Ooh. Deep, deep cut. What, what's bad is that you're at a point where they're trying to make each other feel something, but what they're trying to make each other feel is pain, not love. And in that pain, someone's delivering it physically and the other's delivering it verbally. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. This is not healthy. This is not great. Oh, no. But it's fantastic television. <laughs> Absolutely. It is incredible like, television. I love watching it. And to answer your question about the uh, rich things, I love how he said, you get rid of all your rich things. Why is it bad for me to not want them? When you've lived mm-hmm. with all of them your whole life, and you'll never give it up. It's yeah, Shiv's not going to come live to with the him the entire time. She's not going to come live with him in a trailer park out of love. No, she's not going to the honeymoon states of Wisconsin and Ohio with him. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. So a pretty good episode for Shiv, who I think aligns herself well and and handles handles herself pretty well with Matson. But things oh, are Madsen looking up for got Tom. him to get out of the plane. Exactly, yeah. Out of the plane to go talk to her. Yeah, that's a pretty big win. (laughs) Very funny detail that he was barefoot for that whole thing. Uh, So yeah, a good episode for Shiv, but also pretty good episode for Tom. Things are are on the up and up for Tom. He's kind of got the ear of his wife again, even if they are in a very, like, fucked up relationship that I wouldn't want to be in. Like, he's in the car. He loves strategy. He's He's sexy. He's there. Um, Hey, no one can make a worse speech after the speech before him, as Greg said. (laughs) You are an ATN citizen, and you are an ATN citizen, and I am an ATN... Just how big he said that, I thought was pretty hysterical. Yeah, that's clean. Um, Yeah, I, I wonder... I wonder... What's the next shoe to drop in the Tom story? Because he's he's in too comfortable of a place right now, and Succession doesn't let people stay on top for long. Um, should we talk about anyone else? Do you want to talk a little bit more about Matson? Uh, I saw we did get one comment asking, saying that they were still weren't so sure what Living Plus is, and I was also a little confused about it on my first watch through because they keep calling it like. Uh, was it um, land cruises? Like, what is a land cruise? But essentially what they, they're trying to say is it's like the cruise ship experience, but in a retirement home facility. They're, they're, build, they're building retirement home communities that are going to be a little bit more, like, entertainment-focused. So they're going to, as Kendall was saying during his big product lunch, bring celebrity directors to talk about their new movies and bring performances. So it's like... It's not just a retirement home. It's like a retirement, all-in-one entertainment-based place. And then there's also the element of Roman, uh, who has that interesting quote. Uh, I think people would be very intrigued if there was another way around the whole uh, death situation, life, death, you know, getting loaded onto a chip and fired up someone's ass, float around as a gas, like life as a tortoise. I don't know. There's got to be ways through. Death just feels very one size fits fits all. Uh, Logan doesn't actually include that part of it in his speech, although he sort of like makes an allusion to, to like living forever. Uh, but I think that's more just them thinking about the potential growth of living plus and not what the living plus product is which is just a place to put put your grandma when she gets up in yours 
They specifically made it for elderly? I think so. Although the pictures maybe had some um, some younger people featured as well. But I think it's supposed to be like yeah. a retirement home. And that's also the thing like with Matson and saying... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, And, and Matson also was saying like he doesn't want to get into real estate. So he doesn't want this whole product to be launched prior to him acquiring the company. And that's, again, why Matson goes through with that uh, anti-Semitic tweet, which I also saw some mm-hmm. people confused about uh, maybe, you know, maybe people aren't super familiar with the slogan of Auschwitz, uh, but Arbeit macht frei, which is like my very uh, bad German pronunciation of the phrase work sets you free, is uh, on the gates at Auschwitz. And Doderich macht frei is what uh, Matson tweeted, essentially saying Doderich sets you free. Uh, Doderick being the Roy family world's version of like Mickey Mouse. If you remember that dog costume that cousin Greg was dressed up in, in season one or the very first episode, that's like Roy family entertainment's mascot. So basically he's tweeting uh, Mickey Mouse with an anti-Semitic Holocaust phrase. (laughs) Sheesh. Makes sense. Deep pull. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, you want to know what he reminded me of? Because, like, we were saying, it's this whole retirement home that he wants to have for people, and then he, like, decides to take it to the degree of, uh, sorry to bother you. It's that, that, that workplace that they had in Sorry to Bother You where everything's just going to be answered for you yeah. there. He damn near turned into um, the WeWork guy. Because WeWork oh, yeah. was just the beginning. He wanted We Life or whatever that was. We Live, So the yeah. moment they went in... We live. The moment he got into that pocket, I was just like, oh, okay, they're taking a page out of this book, it seems. Um, and obviously, it's a scam. It's not going to work. And I will say the only part that I will give him almost slightly of a win was the I'd bring my dad back, even if it was for just whatever. I think that was the closest mm. he got to, to getting an up and up. Yeah, I mean, he had he had some bits in there. Um yeah, it's it's an interesting presentation. I don't know how much we're meant to buy into it as like an actual viable uh, business solution or just something that they can use to get their valuation up. <laughs> this was like an Apple event. He announced what he said was the iPod. And so I would hope that the big announcement you've got is what people are going to want. And everyone right. in the room reacted. Like every single person on his team had a breakdown. So that's where I'm like, even if he's got the right idea, going back to his brother undermining him, you do need mm-hmm. a team that's supporting you and no one's supporting him. The hip-hop ego that he has, hip-hop needs a hype man. He's got no hype people. So that's not going to be good for him. <laughs> did, I, I did want right. to talk about... What was that? He didn't get his clouds right. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get the clouds right. Berlin. I know. He, he saw it. He saw it. It's so clear. Um, yeah, I mean, it certain things certainly don't go perfectly for Kendall, but I did start to wonder in this episode, uh, because I was so anticipating him crashing back down to earth that maybe this isn't his like high point before things just become worse and worse for him. Maybe this is the low point and maybe like what, maybe the sad ending that 
we the show has in store for Kendall isn't that he's going to like lose the company or like let down the vision of himself he has in his head. It's that maybe he's going to like turn into his dad, the person that he's been trying so hard to be better than, the person who's caused so much pain and stuff. You know, I I thought about how when we did get a look at what's coming for the rest of the season of Succession, that we got a glimpse of Rava, his ex-wife, still hasn't shown up, still haven't really heard about what's going on with his, his kids. You know, his son Iverson might be as tall as Alan Iverson now. So at this point, I, I don't know. I'm I'm starting to wonder if the end game of Succession is less that like Kendall can't do the job. And more that Kendall can do the job, but he can't do it in a way that's less harmful than what his dad did. That's fair. It's just redoing the cycle. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's already there. He's already not there for his kids. <laughs> um, any any other bits you want to mention as part of the episode before we get to best quotes? Um, I did like someone mentioning this one. I did not catch that because I've only had one run through. But the catch on the their version of Minions is morons. I like when they do little <laughs> stuff like that, right? They don't go full out like yeah. the boys where it's right up in your face. But just, just mm-hmm. having it in the background makes it feel like a, a full lived-in world, knowing that they have the alternatives of what we have. Yeah, I, I, th- I was trying to figure out some things like that because this was their Hollywood episode. So obviously for us, like that's a lot of references to things that we get. I don't know if there's necessarily a, an exact parallel for uh, Class Patron or whatever that film franchise that they're mm-hmm. developing is. But I did note that the whole thing with the studio executive Joy, uh, when Roman talks about firing her or, you know, not necessarily firing her, what, what was the... Uh, the phrase I thought was really funny. Um, I didn't fire her, okay? I said that she was fired to her. Um, When he (laughs) says that, he talks about giving her some kind of, like, producer package as sort of, like, repositioning her. And that is similar to what ended up happening to Amy Pascal at Sony when uh, another Hollywood, a big female producer in Hollywood... When she sort of was ushered away from Sony, she held on to those producer rights for Spider-Man and ended up winning the Oscar for Into the Spider-Verse. So, yeah, Succession, even in those little bits of dialogue that are are interstitial moments, they're layering in references to interesting material. I agree. And Pascal Pictures will be at the end of every single Spider-Man one. If it works for everyone, it works for everyone. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Joy Pictures win the best animated feature in in Succession World. All right, so uh, let's you go. Don't through... agree that the way they're setting it up is going to pay off at the end. All of this eagerness to fire people, this eagerness to manipulate the numbers guy to agree with you, even though that's not how the numbers number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's my actual favorite quote. Uh, you're not making any sense here. <laughs> You're talking gibberish, They they are not serious people, bro. That has to be the line of the season. Because every single thing that they do, when I'm trying to bring up a new line, I just have that in the back of my head. You are just not a serious person. You cannot just Mm -hmm. have it be like, I refuse that hypothesis. Give me another one. I don't see how they don't crumble down. By accident, they will survive if they survive. Yeah, I mean, it it does kind of feel that way, that they are probably a bit too incompetent to keep steering the ship but succession is a show that surprises me and i'm i'm just trying to find what that swerve is so so maybe 
I don't know. Maybe they got a, another surprise up their sleeves eventually. But uh, let me get to some of my favorite quotes here from the episode. Uh, quick one at the beginning was I, I liked when Ke Kendall referred to hearing his dad insult him as a Valentine's card. That was kind of fun. Um, Roman, though, it, it in that moment of vulnerability when they're all uh, in the boardroom together, the three siblings, and he, he they do confess that they're trying to tank the deal, that Roman tries to kind of get them together, but he can't just come out and say the words. He has to say, should we like, can we do the huggy thing before they hug? I think uh, it's also the only time anybody in the show has asked for any sort of physical affection. So just interesting that even when they ask for it, they're so uh, hamstrung and unable to like articulate that they, they could use a little bit of like love from their siblings. Mm. Um, Talking about how Kendall was just sort of full of like empty calorie phrases this episode that like kind of means something but don't. When, before Roman goes off to Hollywood, he says, sprinkle some sugar. We got to get out our velocity, man. Just break the log jam. Get the franchise pump pumping. Shoot it to the moon. New, new space cowboys in town. <laughs> Maybe we should call the, uh, our succession podcast new space cowboys in town. Uh, Roman tells Joy, I love the values. I mean, it's an incredibly evolved, ruthlessly, ruthlessly segregated city you've built on this geological fault here. A uh, nice little, like, barb at the, uh, at the sort of, like, liberalism of Hollywood. Uh, Kendall, here's the rule, okay? No one can say no. Yes, Kendall. Thank you, Kendall, for the cool new rule. <laughs> that maybe is a, a little bit of him acting like his father, even if it's not as, uh, harshly phrased as his father might phrase it. Yeah. Uh, but then the last one that I had for Kendall was dynamic waste duo shake up their senior leadership team. Grumble quote, grumble quote, caveat. Some are saying these two young Turks might just have what it takes to turn things around. He was really on one with his lines this episode. I loved how he heard the news of Roman firing everybody and just decided to gas him up instead of like panic or worry or, or like think about it. What he wanted his brother to give to him and he didn't get. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I, I just look, you can have someone who doesn't know what they're doing, but as long as someone's gassing them up, something will get done, but you can't get it done when it's lukewarm. So you're worried about the relationship between the CE bros. If you got a boat and they're all rowing in different directions, I don't see how you get to your destination. Yeah, I mean, it, they are over and over again since their father's passing, finding themselves uh, kind of, you know, not necessarily on the same page, even if they feel like they kind of are moving in a similar direction. It's just not, it, it, they keep brushing up against these differences in how they want to handle things. So yeah, uh, the the unity that we saw between the siblings at the beginning of the season it's only taken six episodes, but it kind of feels like it's all sort of dissolved. And I, I wonder what that will mean for the episodes going forward. But uh, certainly not happy endings all around. Any quotes stood out to you or should we just talk about some future thoughts? Oh, my favorite came from Greg. Snippity snip. Yeah, Mr. Snippity snip. That was, that was uh, the cleanest one. I also like them calling Greg Pitchbot. It was pretty funny. Um, Greg, though, actually, like you were saying, made himself more useful than normal. Uh, he did? Just popping up. I wonder what 
the show's end game with Greg will be because this season more than most, it's felt like he's really kind of just on the periphery, just showing up and, and adding a funny line or two. I, I, they've got to have some kind of like bigger thing for him. I feel like I just, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to exactly turn him into like Bran or whatever, but there's got to be something yeah. more coming with Greg. Right. We'll see. I mean, this, we didn't get any of uh what's his name. I know he's supposed to be on his honeymoon, but uh, if Connor comes yeah. into play in something bigger, he could always go under Connor. Like we, I don't know what Greg's gonna get, but Connor's really the only one in a position to maybe get some. Not really, he's one percent, but <laughs> he's the only other one with an actual storyline. Because the CEOs have been CEO'd now. There's the succession has been succeeded. So I, I don't know why they Connor's another round, but he's winning just for being there. Yeah, Connor's another one where I wonder if he's got some some big episode coming because he wasn't the focus of Connor's wedding, and la- this week he wasn't on at all. Last week he was barely on, but we do still have that presidential election looming. I feel like every week on our recaps, I'm like, oh, that that presidential election's coming on the show. It's gonna be a big plot point, and then they just never really like focus that hard on it. We we keep hearing about Jared Minkin, but we haven't actually physically seen him on the show uh much this season and he was supposed to be so, at the wake yeah which he never we never actually saw yeah. him show up to maybe um, the funeral because we haven't had we also yet. yeah we still haven't gotten that funeral which i think we're we're gonna get soon so uh yeah i wonder if we're we'll it doesn't look like next week will be the election episode based on the trailer for it but I wonder if we might get a little bit more of that. It seems like it's going to be a pretty Matson-heavy episode, which I'm okay with because Skarsgård has been so much fun to watch on this season. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's also a brief line where Tom asks Shiv, your dad's election party, should I host? So that's another thing still looming and another uh, thing tying Tom to the ATN future. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but... Yeah, the main thing I'm wondering right now is kind of Kendall's future. Like, if this is supposed to be a bit of a moment of triumph for him and not necessarily a big failure, like, does this does this hint at what's to come? Uh, what is going to happen when his ex-wife does come back into the picture, when, when Matson does really, really challenge him? Uh, I, I have no idea if it's going to end good or bad for people involved. I just know that... Uh, it's going to make them look bad in some kind of way because that's succession. Four episodes uh, any... is going to be really jam-packed. Yeah, are you starting to worry about the, the lack of real estate we have for these last few episodes? I Yeah, it feels like they're setting up what's supposed to be two more seasons, not four more episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would like to see a whole lot more and uh, we're running running out of that time to to get it done. Uh, you know, they took a trip to Hollywood here to kind of show us the whole entertainment side of, of the industry. And I feel like they're almost like checking off different elements. Like, all right, we we did our international trip. We did our our uh, big wedding episode. And I, I'm wondering what we got left because we only got four of them. But um, I mean, it's still just excellent. Did you you said you enjoyed it at the top. But is this one of the better episodes of this season for you or is it kind of like in the middle? Uh, no, it is a very solid episode. I still think the last two, especially last week's when they were all going at it, uh, as they announced the CEO, the two CEOs, I think that's still been the peak for me. Um, but just seeing everybody try to survive because now they're all in survival mode. The decision has been made. Will the boat still stay afloat? And I think everybody knows 
it's all hands on deck. Uh, but they're all working against each other, which makes yeah. for some really interesting stuff. But it just worries me. If you only have four episodes left, then you're not really going to course correct and keep going. I worry that, that it, it just all signals to them kind of uh, drowning. Definitely. So you'd say like you've Roman said, is your winner. Motif. It's a motif it's, for Kendall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, it might it might come back again. Uh, so mm -hmm. you'd say that Roman was your winner for this week's episode? Oh, no. Shiv, 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 Shiv. 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 Okay. Shiv. Yeah. Good, uh, good for her. She's needed most, a win this season. He's most improved, but it's not going to be good. But yeah, she kind of has her husband right there now. She has mm -hmm. all of... Uh, I mean, you got Madsen. She can call yeah, Madsen it, it, and that, that boy picks up no matter what. Exactly. We didn't mention it. Uh, but in that private plane discussion they had, it sort of sounded like he was alluding to wanting her uh, to be involved in Waystar should he acquire it. So he's even got uh, she's even got his trust in that uh, scenario where she could maybe become Waystar CEO through acquisition. She's mm -hmm. got a pretty good mm -hmm. hand right now. Not not so bad yeah. for Shivy. Easily. Yeah. All right. Any last bits that you want to touch on this week's episode? Uh, what's his name needs to watch himself. I, I don't think he should be talking to the CEO like that. Uh, someone needs to check Carl. temperature check. Carl, uh, <laughs> not not enough. Um, uh, who are we missing? It was really just her bag voice this time around. Uh, you look refreshed. What's her name? She she didn't have much to say, oh, but she Carolina. had a couple. Yeah, Carolina had a couple in the background <laughs> I did... that I want to rewind. She had yeah. Do you have one? She said something well, while they were watching him. <laughs> well, it wasn't so much something she said as Hugo asked her when something went well during Logan's pre uh, Kendall's presentation. Hugo asked her, were you responsible for that? And she said, yeah. Like, I don't think Carolina was talking to, <laughs> to Kendall at all, but she took credit. Yeah, there was something around before in that where, where yeah, they were just talking about like, that's it. We need to like pull it. Maybe it's the space vacated by the absence of Brian Cox, but this is easily been the best season for the suits you know you you yeah. shouted out carolina a bunch you shouted out frank a bunch i thought david Raish as as carl was so funny on this episode and they've given him a lot of really funny moments um mm -hmm. just oh, that uh, the way that he goes from <laughs> the way that he goes from sort of like trying to politely insert himself to no like kendall you will listen to me in that one yeah. moment in the hallway i thought was really fantastically delivered agreed all right, so yeah, uh, and I guess the biggest loser of this week is probably Pete the Accountant, right? Like, he got completely steamrolled by, by Kendall. Yeah, poor Pete. I mean, poor Pete. again, the other ones are allegedly reportedly fired, but yeah, poor <laughs> Pete. Gotta yeah. make the numbers number. Exactly. All right, so that's about all for this week's edition of our Succession Recaps. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevich. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels, at Multiplex Show Artwork. Can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Movies, over on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, or every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of... of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, succession. Spotify, whatever you're... Succession. I was about to say that, yeah. Even uh, <laughs> this is to our succession recaps. That that feels right, right? Um, I, I like Overcast amongst podcatchers. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod. We can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekend Must Watch streaming on our YouTube channel every Monday. And please leave us a comment, like the videos, 
consider heading to I- over to iTunes to give us the much-requested five-star review. Shout out to our listeners in Canada and Great Britain for putting us on the film review charts over there. You can like our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Patreon pages. They are all available at Intricate Pod, and there you can get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut, and also be sure to hit the link in the description to our Discord to chat with us throughout the week, as well as all the intercuties. We got spoiler chats and a bunch of fun stuff going on there. But that's all for this week, and until next time, I am an ATN citizen. <laughs>